Okay, so I can't lie. So two things that you need to know before I begin. One, I have a mic. That was a bit dramatic. Like I shouldn't have, that's not a lie, but I mean, it's a fact. Like I have a mic now, so I hope it's better audio. Um, I feel like I'm in the big leagues because I'm literally talking into a mic. However, I'm still in my coat closet with a blanket over my head, crouched, sweating, because I still want to try and get the best possible audio possible. I just said possible twice, but I think it worked. So we're going to move on (laughs) Two, I have recorded this intro four times now. This is my fifth time trying to record the five minute hook. We're still doing that. Um, This is my fifth time trying to record it because I hated what I was saying in the previous four times. Then the fifth time I liked what I was saying. And by the time I made it to the five minutes, I literally burped. And I can't have myself burping on a fucking podcast that's going to be on the internet forever. Like, that's just, no, I can't do that. I'm candid, but I'm not, I can't be that candid. So now I have to start all over again. So here we go. We're going to jump right into episode four. It's called Too Brown or Not Brown Enough. (laughs) Um, Last episode was about finding confidence in my voice. This episode will be about becoming confident in my own skin. And I mean that literally. How I navigate being brown and American when it comes to living in Orange County, where growing up, I felt like an outsider. And then how I navigated being from my community, where there were no Pakistanis in um, there were no Pakistanis in um, Orange County. Like I told you, growing up in my school, there was literally only one other family up until I got to high school. So There was no families before then. So, I mean, like, when I say no families that we knew, I genuinely mean it. And the community that we did know was in Chino Hills, all the way. That's, like, a 45-minute drive for people who aren't from California. I'm, like, expecting, like, an international audience, but (laughs) that's not true. Um, Anyways, so it's, like, a 45-minute drive. And we would go once in a while because we live so far away. And everyone there thought that we weren't brown enough. So my cousins and I have kind of grown up in this kind of limbo of like, where do we fit in? And I guess this episode is me kind of like dissecting and going through like what happened, why I went from being so embarrassed to then embracing being brown. And as always, here's some things that you need to know about me for this episode. (laughs) I'm brown. (laughs) That's it. No, um, I know I say this a lot, but I went from, I remember I was embarrassed about being brown and now I'm not. So I love saying that, oh, I'm brown, like I'm brown, 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 like I say it, I think a bit too much. So we're going (laughs) to, I'm going to see how many times I actually say it for the rest of my podcast. But I am brown. (laughs) Again, moving on. I'm Southeast Asian, Pakistani specifically. We're like 70% Pakistani. And then the rest is we're Mongolian, Russian and Afghani. So anything anti-American is me, uh, which is, I mean, I've learned to deal with it is what we're going to learn in this podcast. Um, Other than that, you need to know that the funny thing is that here I always felt like an outsider, but in Sweden, um, everyone there identifies me as American, like straight up American. 
I open my mouth and they're like, oh, American. Like they look at me like because it's an international university. So a lot of like the Middle Eastern and Southeast Asians there who actually are from Southeast Asia and the Middle East, they don't see me as Muslim American or Pakistani American. They literally just see me as American. And I actually think that a lot of people who are second generation or first generation immigrants in this country kind of deal with that whenever they go and visit, like, let's say like they're country where their family's from I feel like people there notice immediately that you're not from that country like you are very American I don't know I feel like you can leave comments on this podcast like you can maybe let me know I don't know actually can you or is that YouTube whatever okay so next um I also correct people instead of like in Sweden, when someone's like, oh, you're American, I'm like, um, yeah, but I prefer if you said that I was from California. <laughs> I'm from the state that like votes correctly. And um, another thing is that this has been a four stage journey. Like this didn't happen overnight. Um, it took me a long time to finally be confident in my own skin. Um, in the So the four stages are before school, during elementary school, high school, and then my adulthood. Before school, I was oblivious. I had no idea I was different. Then during school, elementary school specifically, thank you, my second grade teacher, I learned that I was different. And I learned that that meant that I was different. So I hated it and I was embarrassed by it. And then in high school, I slowly, and I mean slowly, started embracing the fact that, oh, I am different, but that's because there were other people from other cultures that I was surrounded by um, who seemed to be more confident in who they were than I was. And I learned from that. And then my adulthood, I full on embraced being brown to like the fucking max. Like it's just something happened to where. Well, all these little things happened. It was like a chain effect. And finally, like the last domino fell and I just like fully like just embraced who I was. And it's changed my life. So here we go. Let's start with elementary school. Because, I mean, being oblivious, I feel like everyone's oblivious until they're five years old about everything. So elementary school, I realized that being brown meant that I was different. Um, I rejected it. I hated it. Um, I was very embarrassed because, you know, kids suck. <laughs> um, uh, someone literally came up to me and was like, aren't we at war with your country? I was like, well, are you at war with yourself? Like I'm from here. So I don't know what you mean by that. Um, geography and like literal education, I feel like should be implemented way earlier than college. Just a side note. Um, there's no, there were no Pakistanis um, at my school. So I was not surrounded by anybody that looked like me, was from the same background, ate the same food, um, had the same kind of family dynamic. And that really affected my growth. And by the time that we finally started going to a mosque, that was 45 minutes away, so we didn't go that often. I feel like it was too late for me to become friends with those kids because they always saw us as too whitewashed. I guess that's the term um, that I'm going to use because. And they felt like, oh, like she is 
she never watched a Bollywood film in her life. Like, why? We grew up watching, like, Star Wars and, like, Lord of the Rings and, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Like, we didn't grow up watching, like, Bollywood films. It just wasn't something that my uncle and my dad, who grew up in England, were exposed to. And my aunt never watched them. My mom liked them. But, you know, when it's, like, one out of three... You know what I mean? It's like the odds just weren't there. Like we all gravitated towards what my dad and uncle were into. And that was just everything like Western, I guess, quote unquote. That's what we call it. Western culture. And so that's how we were. And we didn't want to change because we liked what we watched. Like I liked that I watched Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. And um, by the time that we were exposed to Bollywood films, we had kind of outgrown kind of like the learning phase when you're learning what you like. And we just didn't really like identify with them or like them. So that was that. So again, I spent nine years embarrassed and hating being brown. And then came high school. I had a French teacher who would look at me and literally say, oh, Umber, Bollywood? Like, is that where you're from? It's like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, obviously, I'm not from Bollywood because A, it's not a place. And B, I'm not Indian. <laughs> and C, I don't even have never watched a Bollywood film in my fucking life. And then I just started becoming irritated. Like when people would be like, oh, your culture, it's like so colorful. I would literally say like, have you not seen the inside of a fucking crayon box? Like there, that's colorful too. So many flavors. Like what is it? And literally like it's food. It's food that's still from this planet and not from Mars. Like, oh my God, when people would ask me like, what is it? Like, where does it come from? Like, I'm sorry, I don't know the fucking history of like this dish. Like, it's just a dish that I eat that you can eat or not eat. Like, I don't care. That's how irritated I was. Um, then slowly, um, things started changing. And I feel like I pinpointed exactly what it was that kind of changed my perspective a little. And I mean a little because this was a long process. Um, I had my friends over for like a peer grading essay and um, it was dinner time and they were about to leave. And as they were walking down the stairs, like my mom was cooking dinner in the kitchen and one of my friends, like, I mean, her family can really cook like that family can really cook. So I'm really honored that I remembered this memory and I don't think she remembers because it's so small um, and it might be insignificant, but to me, it's so significant. She turned around and she said, that smells amazing. Next time I'm going to stay for dinner. That's all. That's all she said. She didn't turn around and ask me like, oh my God, like, what is it? Like, what's that? What, what's the, the menu? Like, what's the fucking ingredients? Like, what's the history of this dish? Like, she literally just said, that smells amazing. Next time I want to try it and left. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's the first time someone's actually like looked at my food or like experienced my food somehow and not like questioned it it's the first time someone's just been like that's delicious it's food it goes in your mouth it goes in my stomach you know what I mean it's like the same as any other type of food that's all like no asking where it was from no asking like a historical background and I just like was so happy and I realized that night that wow this food is amazing like why didn't I ask them to stay for dinner you know, it's not because I didn't want to. I genuinely just didn't think that anyone would want to try something that's like exotic. I hate it. I hate saying that. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that. But it's true. Like people treat dishes that aren't like pizza and pasta or like those mainstream dishes as like something that's like, oh, I'm going to I'm I'm willing to try anything new. I love trying new foods. It's like food is food. But that was me in high school. Like that's how irritated I was.
And then came college. Um, I love colorful clothes, so why not wear them? Um, I embraced my food. I would actually, like, I hated it when my mom would pack me, like, samosas or, like, any sort of ethnical snack, like, for lunch um, when I was young. But in college, like, I actually missed it. So my aunt would pack me, like, little snacks if I wanted or if I asked, and I would take them, and people would try them, and it was great. And another thing that I noticed is that, you know, you're when you're around more educated and less stupid people, because by college, we actually have like some ounce of knowledge that doesn't allow us to make like dumb questions, which is like me also. Like I also have like grown and learned a lot and know that, you know, there's some things that just sound weird when you ask someone like there's a way to put things, you know, like there's a way to say something to someone. And I actually also had to learn that. Um and I also remembered that my mom was um, very proud of being different. And it was absolutely amazing. Like She loved being different and she loved sitting down and answering everyone's questions about every single ingredient that she put in the dish, about every single type of clothing that Pakistani culture has. Like She even would talk about Bollywood films, even though like we're not Indian, but she liked Bollywood films. So if you wanted to ask about Bollywood films, you know, she would love to talk about it. And I never shared that with any of my friends. Like, I never shared her with any of my friends. And I really regret that. Like, here was a woman who was so proud of being brown, was so ready to answer every single question, would do it, like, because she genuinely enjoyed educating people about who she was. And I never, like, shared her with my friends. I never shared it with the people that I'm so close with now. And I really regret that. I really regret that they didn't get to know her. Only because I was so embarrassed that, oh, but she's, like, brown and she loves it. And it breaks my heart to think about it. But it's true. Like, that's exactly what happened. And after she was gone and there was no one to kind of... My aunt's really shy, but she will still answer your questions. But I took it upon myself to do that. I was like, you know what? She embraced who she was. I'm going to do the same. And I'm going to answer the questions that she's not here to answer anymore. So I made it a point to not only share me and my thoughts and my culture, but I also made it a point to share my family. My aunt's cooking, my uncle's dad's jokes, and just my total like completely brown family because you know what? They're really awesome, and I don't know why I was ever embarrassed about who we were, and it took me a while, but I'm so glad I've gotten to this point. So here's where I'm getting at for this episode. We are who we are for a reason, and thank God we are all different. We come from different ethnicities, different, you know, cultures, backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, different counties, different everything. Um, And that's what makes us so great. And I realized this more and more, especially when I started dating. Um, In the beginning, like obviously I started dating in Sweden. There, everyone was just so interested in me being American. They were like, oh my God, like tell us, like, why do you guys eat so much? Like, why is the education so bad? Like, how is Donald Trump president? Like, all, you know, the negative stuff that comes out all the time. Um, And I really enjoyed discussing that with people. And then I thought, why not do that here? 
Like, why not do the same discussions, but instead about me being American, about me being brown? Like, I think it's, I feel like a lot of people in Sweden learned a lot about America that they didn't know because of me. And here in America, like, I could teach people who don't know anything about Pakistani culture, about Pakistani culture. And so when I started dating here, I mean, here's a story and it's kind of cute and it has to do with Surfer Ewan. Um, you guys probably don't remember, but from episode one and episode two, Surfer Ewan ended up being someone who voted for Donald Trump and it didn't work out. However, we had a great first date. But at the end of the first date, he was trying to ask me where I was from, which if anyone has ever been asked that question, you know how annoying it is. Where are you from? It's like, well, obviously I'm not from far away because I didn't hop on a plane or get on a train or get on a boat to come and meet you here. I'm from nearby. But I think what they're trying to ask, obviously, is like, oh, what country is your family from? Like, where did you migrate from? But there's better ways of asking that. So he was trying to ask me that, but obviously trying to look for a better way to word it, which was it was really cute to see. He was like trying to ask me like, oh, so um, your family is um, historically where um, I'm just like, I don't know how to ask. He straight up said that. And I was like, oh, are you trying to ask me like what my ethnicity is? He's like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, my family's from Pakistan. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's really cool. And I think I learned that I actually really enjoy um, dating people and that's something that when it comes up, it's really cool to kind of see what their take on my culture is and what I can teach them about my culture that they didn't know. I love to know about their backgrounds and where they're from. I feel like it really tells a lot about a person and how they talk about their background and their family and their culture and what they did growing up and what they ate growing up. Um, so I have really enjoyed that part of dating. I used to hate it and I used to dread it. But since ever since embracing who I am, like it's been one of the best things about dating for me personally. Um, and I think I have to thank my mom for that. Um, I know she's not here anymore and she can't answer any of these questions, but I'm sure she would have loved to do that. And I think like, I don't know, I'm not very religious at all, but I don't know how else to explain it. But ever since she left, I feel like maybe, I guess like her spirit or something, I don't know, but it's like something came in me where I, oh my God, that sounded so bad, but like something <laughs> happened to where I kind of changed my outlook on life. And instead of being cynical and hating all these questions that people would ask me about food and clothes and songs and culture, I now truly enjoy asking. And that all happened because I embraced who I was. And I'm so happy that I did because it really did change my life. My mom used to say this thing and I never really understood it when she did. She said, you know, I need you to know that American isn't a skin tone. Like there is no American skin tone. Like American is a mix of everything. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I've heard of like the melting pot or like whatever the fuck like analogy they use. And she was like, no, like someday you'll understand what I mean. And now I do know, obviously, like it takes time, but I have really embraced that being brown is an anti-American. It's actually what makes America, America. Unfortunately, it takes 
some of society, um, some time to learn that, but it happens. And it happens faster when you yourself embrace and not reject who you are and where you come from. And that is the lesson for this episode. Just embrace who you are, no matter what you are, like what skin tone, what ethnicity. Like, I don't want my podcast to, you know, I just, I want to try and have someone relate to something in my podcast. And basically, before I go, I wanted to share that I was embarrassed about, you know, when my mom would speak to people or like when my dad would like show my baby pictures, but now it's like some things that I miss. So I think, let's say if you have family where you don't agree with them politically, or you're embarrassed about how your mom always brings up this one childhood story, or, you know, you're embarrassed that, oh, your grandpa, like, loves going around and showing people your diploma for no reason. It's like, these are the things that make us who we are. And that's our family. Our family makes us who we are. And instead of being embarrassed by it, we get to an age where we embrace it. And in my case, like I kind of miss it sometimes. So thank you for listening. Um, This is Umber, like number without the N and with a mic now. (laughs) So I hope you guys have a great whatever day you're watching this. And I will see you hopefully in my next episode. Um